0: So, I'm Andy Wright. This is the Never Not Creative Podcast, and we've just hit Double Figures episode 10. So, it feels nice to uh, get this many out. We're keeping it up pretty much once a week. This episode is all about the future, um, and not kind of AI and robots and that kind of future and tech, um, but actually the creatives of the future you know, do we have to be masters of everything now? Um, and a lot of this is driven by, uh, once again, a tweet that Gabby sent around a job ad that she saw, um, which was something like um, we are looking for unicorns, the people that can design and code. And we had a big long chat about whether this is even realistic and the expectations of whether you can be a master at both or actually do you end up being fairly average. Um, at both instead. So once again, this is with um, Maggie Tang, who is the head of brand design at Ableton, and Gabby Lord, um, who you can find at at Gabby Lord underscore. You can also uh, subscribe to Gabby's um, newsletter at OMG Lord, um, if you just do a search for that. It's a great newsletter, comes out every week. I uh, definitely read it every time it comes out, and there's always some uh, very strong points of view in there, as well as some great resources around the web hope you enjoy this episode there's one more after this uh, which is all about getting paid what you're worth but the other thing I want you to kind of keep an eye out for in this episode episode two is a big long chat about the power of community and never not creative obviously is based a lot on the power of community and what we can do when we kind of stand together and what we can change and achieve when we do that and Gabby brings up some really great points around how much help and kind of support you can give. Yes, it's nice when people kind of like your tweets and uh, Facebook posts and Instagram posts and that kind of thing, Um, but it only really goes part of the way. And as part of the Never Not Creative community, I would love to see and have seen, um, I'd love to see more of it, the fact that you don't just like him. You don't just click on likes on a picture or on Instagram or just tap. Um, You share it. Um, And if you like, put your own opinion onto it. And the more and more of us that do that, the more and more the messages will get out, the more and more things will start to change. The more and more things that were normal and kind of accepted will start to seem not so normal um, and kind of frowned at. So that's what we want to try and achieve. So please feel kind of confident that you can put your opinions out there as well and together we can actually start to make some change here. So I'm going to leave it there, uh, sit back, have a listen to Gabby and Maggie talk about the creatives of the future, how we can make things easier for students and also the power of community. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to a the next kind of uh, subject and I read a tweet uh, the, the, <laughs> one, one of, of many, many I must I must say uh, where you s- you said Gabby um, calling designers who know how to design and write and code well unicorns is annoying yet apt mainly because it's a completely unrealistic expectation and I have definitely heard and seen um, and from both within actually kind of creative agencies as well as client side as well this idea of, oh, you know what? We really need, you know, a designer who can code. And even I was on a panel the other week at Shillington and um, there, the, the, there were a couple of recruiters on the panel that talks about um, how re- employers are looking for people with these skills. Um, and then we all quickly got to the conclusion that the reality is like you're either really good at design or you're really good at coding. And, and trying to find that in between is very, very difficult. And the reality is you'll end up with, fairly average on either side apart from maybe in some very very uh edge cases did you um did something spark this tweet where did it where did it come from
1: yeah i think i saw it in a job ad actually or something it was written it was written somewhere well i hate this language in general like calling people unicorns or like i don't know just this very it's just very vague and very i don't know why maybe this is a personal thing (laughs) I just think it's ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not a unicorn. Don't. I don't know. It's
0: just a- well, it's borrowing a phrase from somewhere, another industry anyway. You know, the the whole, well, one, obviously unicorns are mythical. And they don't exist. Um, and then the, unless we've just ruined that for somebody. Uh, and then there is the fact that obviously unicorns were billion dollar companies. You know, that was the, that's where a lot of that kind of unicorn rhetoric has come from uh yeah. um, so, so is, i think yeah. if you're
1: making that a prerequisite to get a job in the industry like i think we need to get off our high unicorns a little bit like it's just not <laughs> yeah i don't know i think
2: it just sets unrealistic expectations totally unrealistic
1: expectations right. and i think like i've definitely met people that can say design and code really well for example but i've never met anyone who does both of those professionally
2: yeah. and if they do that's amazing but i think like what this sets things up to be is like that's i mean Sure, you're calling it a unicorn, therefore it's really special, but you're kind of throwing it in this pool where it's it's quite unreasonable. Like yeah. it's very unlikely. Like this the spectrum of likely unicorn to unlikely, you're pro- like you're just excluding a bunch of people, I think. Like,
0: yeah. Well, and you're only ever going to be disappointed by hiring this person that said they are the unicorn.
1: Well, there's it's it's design. You're designed to fail in this situation right. because even if you are, like, let's just say this person is an exceptional designer and exceptional developer, they still only have the same amount of hours in a week. So to you're basically asking someone to do two jobs within the same amount of time as everyone else, and that's not fair on anyone. Um, so it's just the wrong expectation from the beginning, and people applying for these jobs, they can't... I don't, yeah, I just don't understand how that could could work in a way where you're expected to do both things yeah. really well and have the same amount of output as well. Yeah,
2: because then you, well, there's, like, the two things might happen, the fallout. Like, you get a bunch of people that think this is actually not the norm, but, like, they strive for this, and it's actually... Like, ridiculous. But this is what yeah. people
1: say the norm. Like, everyone at uni is, like, saying, you've got to know, if you don't know how to code, you're basically useless. Or well, if you I don't think... know UI and UX yeah. design. And I'm just like, I, to this day, <laughs> just... still do not, like, put this on anything. Like, I'm not a user experience designer. And I just think that this is the new trendy <laughs> thing to say UI... UI slash UX. I'm like, okay, they can exist separately. But no, it's just a slash. I am a stacked designer.
2: I just <laughs> made that up. I just coined that term. um But I think it's, it's all. I also I think it's wonderful for people to kind of always learn. But we have also have to be really realistic about what mm. it means. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what that actually equates to. Like,
0: I mean, for for me, a lot of it is it is I've had to understand the principles around digital and code and how things interact and the logic behind how things work is incredibly valuable for a designer because it means that the reality of their solutions are more likely to to kind of happen and get up but to have them execute the same solutions will ultimately just hamstring them from the from the outset right like this won't be able to achieve what they wanted to achieve and i'll end up with something quite bland and average because they won't be able to achieve it
1: I think there has to be a shared vocabulary for sure across all all the disciplines that are working together. There definitely has to be this shared vocabulary and an understanding and also respect for the other person's role. I think this is also really important. Like when designers and developers collaborate on something and one person feels that their particular practice is superior, that's also not going to work. I think it has to come down to I respect what you do and I am not pretending that I can do it. And I think that this is especially prevalent in... Copy that the amount of people that think they're copywriters and don't take that seriously.
2: And it's, I think, copy the copywriters, at least in my experience, they cop with them more amount of shit because the entry level to making a comment on words is very low.
1: Yeah, because like, I mean, everyone thinks they yeah, can yeah. write. Exactly. Everyone, everyone thinks they can write and that is the yeah. same thing. And
2: design is still kind of challenging and problematic because everyone has eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, and, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it is about respect and it's about constraint or really thinking about, like in any case, like if there's a collective of people that would gather to kind of talk about, like what are you here for? like. Are you here to make a decision or are you here to give me kind of input? Or am I tapping your brain because I need information? Yeah. Like, mm. um, Yeah, it's context and, I guess, just having that conversation up front. Like, yeah. Um, so, going so to the at,
0: at what point, so, I mean, you know, we, we can get into this and go, you either, therefore, throw yourself into the design camp or the user interface camp or... The user experience account or the the copywriter or the coder, the front end dev, the back end. At what point do you, at what point are people expected to have chosen their specialism? I don't form?
1: even think it's about specializing necessarily though. There's it's not, not to say that you can't have input on how something is built or you can't have input on a particular line of copy or something. I just think that at the yeah. end of the day for an, av- an actual job description, that can't be... And that can't be a necessity yeah. to be able to do all these things like I think what Maggie was saying before outlining these things very clearly that it's a bonus if you can do these things because that will help build the shared vocabulary between the different yes. uh, disciplines but I think to have that as like a core skill that you have to know all these things is just not realistic
2: yeah I don't think that's reasonable like, yeah. and to answer your question about when someone needs to make that decision I don't think it should be a decision I think it's you're always going to be developing your practice yeah. at any given time. And some you might like, I've had different moments in my career. I suppose like I'm probably not a good example because um, I've kind of really stuck to like graphic design, I've done kind of branding, and et cetera. but still like my role has changed because I've done more like design management and leadership and creative direction and overseeing, but from the client side, like, but at no point did I think, Oh, this is, this is me going over there now like I still design like I still provide like day-to-day graphic design support when I need to and there are also a bunch of other things that I want to maybe further expand my skills like I think not UI but I mean UX and strategy is always one thing that you know I've done it's just a part of my work but I guess I haven't formally like yes. sort to, but I get. Yeah, but at
1: the end of the day, you're not being hired to be a user designer. No, exactly. Designer. It's not to say that not you don't do it or yeah. that you're not across it yeah. or that you don't collaborate with people yeah. who do this role. But as you, what you were hired to do, yeah. you were, you were hired to be a designer.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of um, just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. But also it's like, the well, things. these are the things that I can bring to the table. And I think it goes both ways. And an example that I have, we've got. So I work in the communications team. We've got product designers as well. Um, we've there have been a couple of projects where, like, I've got one colleague who's brilliant. He's working on the UI side, but he can also do kick-ass motion and animation. So there was this project, and I was like, "Oh, he can do this. I wonder if he's interested." And then he did a bunch of amazing graphic design stuff and motion stuff, even though he's actually a part of the UI team and the product yeah. team. So. Yeah. I don't think there should be such a hard line. No. I it's think there's, just, yeah. there's definitely not a
1: hard line, but I also think that yeah. this particular person, this particular situation, yeah. was not expected of him no, to produce the all. type of work as an animator. Yeah. It was like, yeah. hey, do you want to have a go at this? Not like, like, we're hiring you to do this role yeah. and we expect this outcome. Yeah. And um, then it kind of just
2: goes back to kind of understanding who just getting to know like your yeah. colleagues and the people that you're working with so that when there are opportunities, yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you can bring that to the surface. And if it makes sense, it does. If it doesn't, good to know you can do that, that, and that as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. definitely.
0: Have you checked whether this job ad is still up? I'm assuming it must be.
2: Oh, no, it was, uh, which <laughs> job? Uh, the unicorn one. Oh, the, the yes. unicorn one or the it able to one?
1: I'll try and, I <laughs> can try and dig it up. Because... We'll see if i can find it i mean i could probably find four new ones for you andy to be honest
0: yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, i'm assuming they're not getting filled very quickly yeah
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, maybe, they are. You may, oh, yeah. maybe they are Maybe they are, but or maybe they're high churn rolls
1: yes
0: not by me yeah um so I, I we've hit on a few things i think around um our people and this is a little bit of a kind of hobby project for me but are people prepared or are we preparing people well enough for getting into the the creative industry? Um, and obviously at that point, or a lot of those people are um, students if they're not career changers. Um, and another tweet, it's very easy just to, we, we actually could do this once a week with just uh, Gabby's tweets. Um, that is students and awards, which was this, this was a big thread. This got everybody involved and you tweeted hashtag uh, controversial. But has Agda National always charged students to enter the design awards? $45 an entry seems not only steep, but extremely unrealistic and unfair. Um, Do you want to like summarize the response uh, to this and, um, and like anything that's sort of come of it or what you think needs to happen next?
1: Um, So, I mean, the hashtag for controversial was meant to be ironic um, (laughs) because this should not be controversial. This should just be
2: obvious um we can change that to obvious
1: yeah I mean what's really interesting is that I was so nervous before I tweeted this like I had written it all out and I was sitting on it and I was like really badly and I will go down as the girl who shot on Agda um because and then it just backfired massively and you know I'm I'm saying that jokingly because I personally didn't see it as me having like attacking Agda per se I think I'm just like I think I'm just really frustrated and tired of listening to so many people complain about it behind the scenes and when really it's like if we all speak up then something can change, like something can be done about it or we can walk away because you can't, we have the power, like, not, these communities don't exist without the actual community, so if we're not satisfied by this, we have to do something about it, or we have to stop complaining, and I guess that was... I just That's hit, not an
2: option, either. Oh, it shouldn't be an option. Yeah, right?
1: but I guess I just hit breaking point, you know? like, and, and I think a lot of people did get to that, where it was like, why are we promoting this thing that we don't believe in, because I personally, I, am I believe a lot of things in a lot of things that Agda does. And I think that, you know, it's an organization that's been around for a really long time. And it's something that I've personally been involved in a lot. And, you know, I really care about the graphic design community. Like it's not, none of this came from a place of malice. It came from a place of, we can do better than this. And mm. if, if I have to be the spokesperson for that, then you, you're really Ugh, then okay I will but it's like but it was scary because I didn't know if I wanted to commit to being that person because yeah, because I
2: mean obviously you know anything putting something out there yeah you, you don't get like
1: there there will be backlash surprisingly mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot a Has lot it of it because I kind of yeah
2: is there anything like out of curiosity because I'm finding a bit out of it have they done anything since no. Okay. Well, so,
1: I mean there has been a lot of conversations about it. I have followed up because thankfully I have a lot of friends that are working on the council right now and I think a lot of discussion was brought up around it, but I just <laughs> I'm just cons- I'm my biggest concern is that okay, I've said all this stuff. A lot of people have said, "Here, here, yes, we agree." But then nothing was changed and how do we and then or or no discussion has been taken further about how we actually address this to change things in the future because I realized I brought this up, you know, when the awards were announced.
2: Yeah, um, has kind of died down a bit,
1: and it has yeah. it has died da- Well, because the deadline ended, and I would be so curious to know how many students entered the these awards. Well, I think
2: yeah, I would, well, for what I was gonna say is I'd be it's it's I think again, again I agree with everything that Gabby said. Like I also support. However, in this particular instance, I don't think Agda have done a good enough job in explaining the thinking behind why they've done this in the past and where they're at, and also like, what's that based on? Like, tell me, tell me how. Yeah, like include the people that actually this impacts the most. Like in this case, it's students. It
1: does impact the students the most. And as someone who, like, when I was a student, when I graduated, I entered so many awards, and these awards gave me such a leg up within the industry and they actually mean these awards mean so much more for students than they do for people in the industry it's just for people in the industry it's just recognition among your peers for students and graduates this is your this is your chance for people to see your name and to see your work and Mm. it's so important and you can also win amazing prizes because when you're broke as shit it's like amazing when you win a free thing of creative suite or a trip to italy in my case like i you know, I I've, I live in Berlin because I won an award that sent me to Italy. So I really don't think it should be undervalued as to how much of a leg up that these particular kinds of awards have for students. Um,
0: I, I think some of this is transparency, right? Like it's the, we kind of want to understand or at least be able to enter into a conversation. Um And we kind of expect that, like we expect it from a bunch of other organizations and brands and ourselves and businesses. Um, and so I, I get that there is, there could certainly be a sense of frustration when, uh, the, the, I guess the body that represents you isn't necessarily willing to enter into a conversation about it.
1: Yeah. Even just confusion, like you said, around transparency and it's like, okay, well, Agda is technically for profit. whether they make money or not is kind of irrelevant. It's a for-profit organization. And, there's nothing wrong with that that's totally fine like i think everyone if we're paying for memberships and it's for profit then that's what you want you want to be investing in your industry so that they can put on amazing events and Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anything wrong with it being a for-profit company at all um generally they tend to work better anyway because you there's a lot of paperwork and things around being a a, a not-for-profit or a charity or something um but I think, as you said, Andy, it just comes down to transparency. And I think just challenging the status quo a little bit, because I think we have been following blindly a lot and forgetting that the decisions that we make will affect other people in the industry. And maybe as someone who works in a full time job and is able to, you know, have a few spare hours to put together a talk uh, and do that event for free. Something just doesn't align to me if you're putting in that work and you are doing a talk for free and then it's a paid event that students who are the perfect audience to hear that talk and take advantage of it cannot afford a ticket to attend that.
0: Yeah. I, 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 Am I, I d-
1: getting too ranty? <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I think this is really interesting because.
1: Just yeah, just I just haven't as tweeted as a, for a while.
2: Kind of an <laughs> <No>. um, but <laughs> it's absolutely, it's like kind of. Obvious, I mean, irrespective of whether or not there's actually a pending issue or like this thing that is debatable, like AGDA or any organization should, you know, take the step to kind of check in to all the things that they're doing and going, is this success? Like, are we doing a good job? Like, the, th- the reason why we're putting this thing on, like, actually, is it going to make a difference? Is it making a difference? Mm-hmm. And is it the best, like, the way that we're doing it? Like, are we like amazing keep on doing it or actually there are a few things that are a bit like shit about it and yeah like no matter what it's kind of like going back and checking in every so often to make sure that the cause still makes sense and is relevant yeah Yeah. and
1: it has and it has to evolve it has to it has to adapt because you know what's so interesting is like how many people message me about this and can't like at least three of them were council members like emailing me voicing the
2: same concerns and obviously there, even like council members it's a thing so yeah they like again either they need to do a better job at explaining why there's no action or they actually have to do better yeah and listen and actually work with these people yeah
1: Yeah. i think it's a i think it's a combination of all these things for sure yeah
0: yeah and I, i think the other part of this is The I was was talking to someone about this the other day. The the kind of rising costs of university, the rising costs of living in a city like Sydney or Melbourne or well any of the kind of big sort of capital cities around Australia in this instance, Um, and then the fact that there are still people being asked to do unpaid internships, that the starting salaries you know won't have increased by anywhere near as much as the um costs that these people that, that students are trying to cope with um it does feel like that the, an industry body could help alleviate some of this um and in fact i think you would probably find that the rest of the industry would be willing to um contribute and help with it right like 45 bucks to a studio of 20 people it, it, you know it's nothing and and why not kind of almost scholarship or, or kind of go? We're happy to pay extra for these events so that the students get a better start in the in their career.
1: I mean exactly, and I think that that was also the biggest, um, like a, a big part as well of it is that why do these events? If you're not if you're not paying speakers, where and you're charging you know forty five dollars a head <laughs> or however much it is for a ticket it's like okay well where's the money going where is the money going and if it i'm, I'm not no one's embezzling money no, it's exactly. not it's we're not we're not
2: accusing serious. anybody of oh well, i hope yeah. no one's embezzling. but
1: i'm basically yeah. trying to make a point that the system is broken and as smart you know creative people we can work out a solution i feel like a lot of it that i said Surely was we ca- can. came across as quite negative but it was more that like guys like we can do this we can make this work and if not then there's plenty of other communities out there that are making it work that will everyone will start dedicating their time to because you can't say that it can't be done because events like Glog and creative mornings and Mm. all these events where uh you know it's speakers don't get paid but no one gets paid it's all about like donating your time for people who can't afford these events or just waiting to like have an opportunity to meet someone who's already in the industry or works at a company that they would die to come in and check it out and meet some people there. And yeah, I just think that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think yeah. this is another, reason. I don't mean, know, getting without tangenting too much. Like, this is <laughs> like making doing things like this also taps into inclusion. Like, yeah, it's like, a, I think, you know, diversity and inclusion is always the there's the spotlight topics associated yeah but, but this is a thing like you want to give everybody fair access and the opportunity to kind of get get the same um resources yeah and access totally. to participate and this just it's a part of that like yeah. so people need to kind of think about if that makes it if that makes it better like if it's like if it feeds back into that channel great but, you but
1: know, and that's absolutely right that was also part of that was like the second part of this particular tweet is that you can't claim to be representing the best design in australia because you're only representing okay. the people who can afford to enter
2: mm-hmm. and that's rubbish like it's well yeah it was rubbish yeah yeah look i mean we <laughs> could talk about this yeah. for a while <laughs> many things to say but you know i think we you know it's it's win-win like everyone wants it to be better and yeah obviously there are challenges but Bring them to the table. If there are many reasons why they can't do this right now, let's talk about it. Yeah. And, and let's put in something in place to actually make change it.
1: Yeah. Also, there's strength in numbers. So as much as I appreciated the private support from people, well, there's kind of two sides to this, because I appreciated the private support in my head, I was like, okay, well this would be really great if you could say this and put your name on the line as well. Because mine is currently <laughs> mine is currently the only name attached to this but I also see why they haven't because it is scary and like I said I was honestly really nervous putting this tweet out not knowing that like how this was going to go and you know you don't want to completely exile yourself from a community that you're actually trying to help
2: (laughs) I mean like it's funny like hearing you say that you were really I mean in any case like for me tweeting like I'm a taker I don't tweet very much (laughs) if anyone's ever been on Twitter so that's nervous enough and particularly for this topic yeah, you're putting yourself out there. Um, but I do have to say that um, I think you were very objective and in your opinion about it, very clear about you know the reasons why. So um, there are always going to be people that don't agree, but yeah. I think you know the way in which you know you expressed, you dropped it, um, really was was fair. I,
0: I think we should do a little shout out here, based on exactly what you just said, which was. Um, around, hey, we will be all the better for people actually not sending messages in private, although that's very nice and supportive and, that you know, it's good to get, but actually going, hey, I'll stand up alongside with you and do this, Um, and we'll stand shoulder by shoulder to do it, and also, I won't just like that tweet or that post, I'll actually comment on it contribute to the conversation show how big this topic is and it's definitely something i've felt as well through some of the never not creative conversations which is i would love that you know i've seen people like something or i've seen people favorite a tweet and i go oh it could be even better if you just retweeted it or actually gave your own take on it or said yep that happened to me it, it things would be much more powerful and I, I i guess i would do a little bit of a shout out now that if you feel like you are able to do that, and you took a, uh, you know, you took the first step, which is like or favorite, but you could go a little bit further. Um, that would be awesome, and I think we all would appreciate it. A big thank you to Maggie and Gabby there for talking us through this episode. Again, fantastic chat. Thanks, guys, for um, making the effort to take some time out. If you want to follow more about Never Not Creative and you want to discuss some of the things that you've heard in this episode, please come and join the Facebook group. Um, just look at facebook.com slash group slash Creative um, or just search Never Not Creative on Facebook and you'll find us easily that way. Please come and join the discussion. Come and tell us what you think. If you have a different opinion, um, we'd love to hear that as well. This isn't all about kind of making ourselves all feel comfortable um, all talking the same language and the same talk. We'd love to hear different opinions. If you want to follow us on the socials at nvr not creative, uh, go check out nevernotcreative.org. And also, big thanks to Streamtime. Couldn't be doing this without them. Sat in the office at the moment on the mic, the very posh mic. Uh, so you'll always un- hear that the the top and tail of these episodes sound pretty good. Um, creative project management software for the creative industry. So if you are interested in that, if you want to kind of track time without timesheets, if you want to be able to plan better, cost stuff better, um, Streamtime's a great piece of software that we work on during the day as well. Go check out streamtime.net and we'll see you next week for the final part in the trilogy of my chat with Maggie and Gabby. And it will be all about getting paid what you're worth. Thanks and see you then.